No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Proverbs about the heart of the king being in the hand of the Lord, diligent plans that lead to plenty, and dishonest riches that quickly vanish. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Proverbs chapter 21 on Simply the Bible. There is a way that seems right. It may even feel right, but it ain't right. So how can a person know that he or she is right? Well, that's why we need the Word of God. And there's nothing better to help us plot the right course than the Proverbs. We continue in Proverbs chapter 21. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. This is an amazing proverb because we are so apt to get all riled up when the president or some other leader makes a decision with which we strongly disagree. I find this irritation in my own heart. I must limit my exposure to the news because it angers me when I see what politicians do and how they do the opposite of what they promise. When I turn to some of my favorite news programs, it doesn't help. Even when I'm listening to commentators with whom I generally agree, I find myself taking sides, getting upset. My wife finally said, I don't think watching the news is helping you. She was right. God has not called me to be an angry pastor. So I find great peace in this verse. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it however he chooses. Even the most heathen, godless leader cannot function completely independently of God. He or she can only do what God permits. Take Belshazzar, for example, the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. When he was king and Daniel was an old man, he brought in the holy vessels of gold that Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem. And he filled them with wine, and then they drank and praised the gods of gold, silver, wood, and stone. Suddenly, they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw it as it wrote, and his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. So he sent for Daniel, who interpreted the writing on the wall. But before he did, Daniel rebuked this irreverent king. He said, you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords, your wives, and your concubines have drunk wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone which do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. After that, Daniel gave the interpretation. It said, God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. You have been weighed on the balances and have not measured up in your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And that very night, the Medes and Persians breached the walls of Babylon and 
King Belshazzar was killed. So you see not only the king's heart, but also his breath is in the hand of the Lord. Therefore, kings and those in government leadership, wherever they may be, in fact, all leaders should be humble and realize that they cannot act independently of God. I pray that our leaders would trust in God and not in themselves or their political party or their special interest groups that put them into office. In his commentary on this verse, the late J. Vernon McGee said, Oh, may this country be called back to a dependence upon God before it's too late. We need a new declaration, but this time it should be a declaration of dependence upon Almighty God. Well said. I wonder what J. Vernon McGee would be saying if he saw what was going on today. Verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. I think it's interesting that this proverb follows the previous one. No doubt the ways of our leaders are right in their own eyes. They think their policies will solve our nation's problems. But they don't end violence or crime or immorality or poverty. They don't stop the breakup of families. Only a national spiritual revival can do these things. Today is the National Day of Prayer. My prayer is that people everywhere in our nation will cry out to God and express wholeheartedly our need for Him. He alone can save us. As God's people, we must take to heart 2 Chronicles 7, 13, and 14. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence or pandemic, same meaning, among my people... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Oh, Lord, make it so. Open our eyes to see the truth. Let us not be deceived by a way that seems right but ends in death. As you are the one who weighs hearts, let us not be found not measuring up so that justice would require you to bring the blessings and prosperity of our nation to an end. Turn us back to you, O Lord. Help us to declare our dependence upon you alone. Well, verse 3. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. This is what God seeks in us. He wants us to do the right thing. He wants us to obey his commandments. If we go through our religious rituals, but we are unwilling to repent of our sins, then our worship is a sham and God will not accept it. As Samuel told King Saul, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. A haughty look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked are sin. Now we know that God hates pride and the haughty look, but even the plowing of the wicked is sin in God's eyes. Their wicked heart defiles all that they do. You have to wonder about the great 
philanthropic donations given by wealthy people as they near the end of life. Do they think that this will grant them access to heaven? But Isaiah said that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our charitable donations and sacrifices cannot atone for our sins. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. We must repent of our sins and believe in him if we want to go to heaven. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Diligent plans are good. They will lead to prosperity. We should get all the knowledge we can and godly wisdom and counsel and then make our plans. We should pray that God directs our steps and then we should work out those plans with all of our hearts. God blesses such effort. But haste makes waste. If you jump out ahead without thinking it through, you will squander your resources and get poor results. Getting treasures by a lying tongue is the fleeting fantasy of those who seek death. There is no sin in getting rich, provided that people do it in honest ways that don't harm others. God uses the wealth of people who are skilled in business to fund kingdom work. But the person who lies or deliberately misrepresents the truth to make a profit will be cursed. He pursues riches, but he will catch death. And he will leave all his riches behind to somebody else. <laughs> Probably an heir who will spend it in foolish ways. The violence of the wicked will destroy them because they refuse to do justice. Usually, people are violent because they are angry on the inside. And they are angry because they don't like their circumstances on the outside. But they won't do what is right to change those circumstances. They would rather get mad, throw things, and punch people than change themselves and do right. The way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Guilt is an amazing thing. People cannot escape it. They can try to cover it over or forget about it, but it just keeps coming back to haunt them. Therefore, the way of a guilty man is perverse or crooked, he does twisted things because he has a bad heart. There's only one way to get rid of guilt, and that is to confess our sins. That is to agree with God about them. Then if we trust in the work of Christ on the cross for us, not only will our sins be forgiven, but our guilt will be removed. On the other hand, if your heart is pure, then your work will be right. Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Solomon had much to say about wives, probably because he had a thousand of them. Now he said that it would be better to move to your rooftop and sleep in a corner up there than to dwell in a spacious, beautiful home with a contentious woman. Domestic peace goes a long way. And if there is much tension in the home, well, the man will surely build a shop. Now, Solomon wrote these Proverbs. Perhaps if one of his wives had written them, they would be different. But the same thing is true if the roles are reversed. Pity the poor woman who must live in the same home as a contentious husband. The soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. 
You won't find much generosity or peace from a wicked, self-serving neighbor, just so you know. When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. Consider what happened to the apostolic church after Ananias and Sapphira fell down dead because of their hypocrisy and because they lied to the Holy Spirit. After that, great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. So the simple will be made wise when the wicked are punished. The righteous God wisely considers the house of the wicked, overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. Whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. In the New Testament, we are told to remember the poor. Jesus told us that as we have freely received, we should freely give. A gift in secret pacifies anger and a bribe behind the back strong wrath. Now, this is not advocating that we bribe people. It's just stating the obvious that if you give a gift to somebody, it will pacify their anger. It is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. So righteousness is pleasurable for the wise. They gain satisfaction just knowing that they have made good choices. But the paycheck of the workers of iniquity is destruction. May God help us to avoid that way that seems right but ends in death. And may he help us listen to these practical proverbs from King Solomon. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll look at more proverbs about treasure being in the home of the wise, loving pleasure leads to poverty, and the righteous give thought to their way. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Proverbs on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible